0: Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's event and volunteer operations coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our One Goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes.
1: This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our Goal 10 Cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes.
2: How did you come to hear about Pelotonia, Brendan, and, and get this whole thing started?
3: So I worked at Ohio State. There was an organizational meeting in the spring, and then Tom Lennox was there talking. And I told him, hey, there was that little bike event I'd done in New Albany called the End of Challenge. He goes, oh, I started that. <laughs> I said, and you're doing Pelotonia? I'm in. So I was watching the movie The Rookie. They focus in on the team in the high school a picture of the team in the high school trophy case in this little town in Texas and the camera just goes in it goes in it goes in on the team and then right above the back of the players the scoreboard of the high school baseball team says Bo's Tire Barn it's like an ad and I thought oh that's it that, this will be the name of our team of course and uh, so yeah everyone looks at us like
2: What? Welcome to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. We're a community that's dedicated to funding life-saving cancer research through a three-day experience of cycling and volunteerism. I'm your host and ride community manager, Jill Landino. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Through research, we will see an end to cancer. Thankfully, every single penny raised through our riders, virtual riders, and volunteers goes directly towards the solution. This is made possible by our major funding partners the Alburns Foundation, Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santuli. It's because of them, all of our partners, and this dedicated community that all of this is possible. Bose Tire Barn has some seriously impressive accolades to list. They've raised over $1.3 million. They were one of the first Pelotons to join the Pelotonia movement back in 2009 and they attract nearly 40 members to their team annually, many of which who have been riding since the very first year. So what started as a group of guys raising funds for cancer research has grown into a group of friends with families who have grown incredibly close, due largely in part to their involvement with Pelotonia. Four of their founders are Dave Bowers, Brendan Flaherty, Scott Siebenhaller, and Sean McGrath. One morning, we gathered a handful of chairs, sat in a circle with a mic, and shared stories of their time together even one about how one member may be alive today in part to their involvement in Pelotonia. But all of this started because of Brendan's idea to get involved in the first place. But did any of them have riding experience to start with? Let's start there in this episode, Bo's Tire Barn. So you get the group together, you start talking about, let's do this, let's do this. Um, who, did anybody have riding experience?
3: Nothing very extensive. Cause I started in 2002 with just a used bike yeah. I was just, like Dave was before he started, just out of shape, Dad, yeah. and uh, I needed to do something, okay. so that was it, and then a few years later, I got Sean. Uh, I needed someone to ride with. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. did you
2: think when he brought this idea to
3: you? Uh, it was kind of a no-brainer. He's
1: like, hey, we got to do this, and my dad had passed away from cancer in 2005, so it was still um, you know, a raw memory, so mm-hmm. that was a no-brainer. Um, You know 180 miles didn't seem like the best idea, Mm -hmm. but it seemed like a worthwhile cause so
2: we went for it If we think back to that first year when We're all you know fairly new to riding. It's the first year for Bose It's this event that most people haven't heard of maybe they just heard about Lance Armstrong What did you guys think of that first ride? I mean Tell us about that day.
4: Actually, it started the night before because um, I think it was Counting Crows or who performed and there was a massive uh, rainstorm that came through. Uh, But the anxiety set in then because, you know, as these guys had said, I started uh, in April, I believe, riding a bike to to Granville. and, And four months later, here I was about to embark on a journey that I had no idea how physically demanding it was gonna be. And I would say, Ah, uh, there's a photo of the four of us in our in our white Bose Tire Barn T-shirt. t-shirt. A t-shirt. We all we a all look, yeah we have T-shirts yeah <laughs> and tennis shoes and toe clips and yeah. we're riding steel bikes and mountain bikes and I had a city bike, um, so it was quite quite an adventure, um, but go, going through the physical pain and it was painful riding 100 miles for the first time ever. Uh, I would say when I was hooked was probably the first two miles in because at that time you started Chemical Abstracts and then you went right by the James right. and there were people, I remember, lines, streets, patients, doctors, nurses, and it was just so moving. Was cool. It was, it was uh, at that point it's like, okay, I can do this. Look what they're, they're going through. It was just, it was such a moving experience that close into starting, um, that it just, it motivated you. In addition to, I wanted to catch Lance Armstrong, which I think when Dave and I finished <laughs> that first day in Athens, I think Lance was probably already back in Austin, Texas. Uh, uh, he, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. it was uh, it was a long, long day, um, but it was well worth it.
5: Yeah, I think the fr- that, because it used to go to Athens and that first um, 85 miles, You know, you're going through the hills of Hocking Hills and stuff. We were very fortunate that the last 15 was on a bike path going into Athens because some of the pictures of us there and at uh, at that last stop, it it was we're sitting on bags of ice, we're like laying on the ground. I mean, really, it was a struggle to get there. And the thought that kept going through my head, and I'm sure these guys, was we have to do another 80 miles (laughs) tomorrow. Like,
2: just signed up for the full thing.
5: When Brendan said, you know, hey, we're going to do this Peloton," we looked at the distances and we thought, oh, it's in Athens, this will be awesome, we'll we'll just go the 100 miles and then they're going to have a beer truck there, it'll be cool, you know, we could have somebody drive us home, that'll be great. And then as you start training and doing things and learning more about what's going on, we're like, we got to do the whole thing.
4: I think the funny thing about when we started riding long distances, is Brendan literally would have a map, a piece of paper okay. with the pencil of what roads uh, we had to turn on and no, we'd I stop. Didn't. Didn't. And it was like, little did we know, I think, that year that we were slow, so close to Reynolds Hill. I think we had turned turned down Weaver or yeah. some R- of the Bat R- Riley was and. But we didn't know because we're we were following Brendan's uh, scratch pad with some uh, roads on it. I remember yeah, that he vividly. Up
5: on Google Maps at work, and <laughs> hey, you know
4: he brought no, it, okay. it with pencil. Yeah, you'd it out. Yeah, that
3: was before Google. Yeah,
4: yeah, wow. that was hilarious.
2: How far you've come?
4: <laughs> it was quite experience. I mean the the, the first hundred miles. Again, Dave to Dave's point, it was very painful. Like the the thing that I could remember is. I can't get on my bike tomorrow. It's like there's no physical way. And I know Sean will attest to this. It was probably the worst night's sleep he has ever had uh, as far as uh, um, just the funny things that were happening. We um, were at the dorm room, right, at yeah, the, the,
1: the combo uh, okay. the the center, yeah, the the center. center. Yeah, so there were four of us in a room, right, so
2: so when you got done with the ride that first year who was waiting at the finish line or or what do you remember seeing when you pulled in all
5: our families were there yeah yeah that was pretty cool
4: i would say remembering the families as dave pointed out but if you think about how long we've been involved in this i mean my oldest daughter i mean you know my daughter is 21 so half of her life she has known our group bo's tire barn i mean it's it's amazing how our kids our families obviously from the support as far as uh, allowing us to ride, um, and how the kids are involved, I mean, it's just become uh, part of our life. And I, I couldn't imagine, I I couldn't imagine doing that every year 10 years ago, and I, I couldn't imagine not doing it.
3: It definitely changed the second year, because the second year was like, man, last year was hard. It was hard to raise money, it was hard. Um, but at some point during the second year, I don't know exactly what happened, but it's almost like a light bulb went off and it became more than, hey, we're going to ride 180 miles. Um, it, we sort of figured out how to raise money. We figured out, then it was more like, wow, look at, it became more of, we're impacting people that have cancer, the families. Um, I rem- I think it was year two, There at the finish line, there was a family. I think the dad had gotten done riding. And he was embraced by his wife. She had a bandana on. So, and I mean, they were just sobbing, just absolutely like pouring out everything. And so you just, there's things like that, that happen that you just really get touched and affected and like, yeah, you know, how can we do more? Sharpies written, you know, names written on their,
5: on the, on their backs of their legs, on their jerseys. And, you know, and you, in the, the one cool thing too is, is that you see, uh, most everyone has their name on the back of their bike, their, their ID tags on the back. So as you're coming up past someone or they're, they're coming up past you, you can see their name. So a lot of, you know, people, when you're on a, a tough spot or whatever, you're you, people are just encouraging each other out there and you, you see where they're from, you can see their, what city they're from. And, and it's just one more thing on the road that you're just like, Oh yeah. yeah, do you know so and so? You talk to somebody for maybe a couple, three, four minutes, and then you know off somewhere else. But the, our team's so big now; it's well, we've got, we've got eight, eight, probably six to eight guys riding together, or almost, you know, different groups all through.
2: Ever a time that morning, that Sunday, where you guys looked at each other like, "Are we really doing this?"
5: Every minute of the yeah. first yeah. <laughs> ten miles. After the first ten miles, then it, you kind of settle in, way. and the pain is. It's kind of settled in, and you kind of just go. I mean, it's just one of those. I mean, it's it's really an endurance thing. I mean, it's really the mindset you have to be. It's like, hey, you're just going to finish. You're going to finish. And keep turning the pedals, you know? You see all the jerseys. People have different things on their jerseys to just exactly that, you know, keep on pedaling. And
1: and, uh, so that's what we were doing. But I think the toughest finish was the second year when the beer truck was still stuck in the mud at Athens. That I've was heard about that. that was brutal. Oh, yeah. That was a real letdown.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, I think uh, the f- the first point is that in the second year. Um, we were able to get a corporate sponsor that was Third Sun Solar out of Athens, Ohio. Uh, And they sponsored us for four or five years. Um, You know, uh, I think their revenue was 20 or $30 million at the time, and they were giving us five grand for jerseys, and then the rest was going into team contributions. So that was really cool. And um, that really gave us, you know, additional identity, right? It was Bose Tire Barn powered by Third Sun Solar. And with that success, then we were able to um, uh, attract the attention of a foundation which then gave us more funds to be able to help new riders um, you know, with their fundraising. So that, that really helped us take off.
5: Yeah, we have a local bike shop, um, Velo Science in New Albany, that donates a bike to us we, at a reduced cost. And um, we sell raffle tickets for that, and that's, uh, that's been a good fundraiser.
3: Mike Barron hosts a, um, a wine party at his house. It's, it's invite only, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, you know, for $500 donation, Mike has got these wines from really all of, they're from France, um, in California. Um, it, it is, it is absolutely over the top. Amazing. Um, Mike lives in a, a renovated part of the city of Indianapolis, kind of close to their downtown North side. And, um, it is just a fantastic event and a great idea. Um, I think Mike raised $15,000 himself last year and his son, Zach ends up with 5,000. So he shares it with his whole family. I mean, they must raise $25,000 themselves. Um,
2: and he is generous to donate the wine so all the profits can come back, which is just incredible. He is,
3: he is, uh, another, there's so many people on our team that I just call them secret weapons that do things. Mm -hmm. So I had a few ideas to raise money. Um, in fact, the three ideas I had to raise money, none of them worked. And, uh, a lot of the events we do are fun and we have a good time, which I think helps the team keep going year after year. I mean, we look forward to seeing each other. Um, but there's other unsung people that are doing things. So we have a golf outing and Joe, um, Joe's really tight with Bill Lay. So Bill started our golf outing, but, um, joe will buy all the food for the um the golfers afterwards and not even make a big thing of it i i i don't know it's more than a thousand dollars every year and uh he just it just takes care of it bill says that Uh, joe took care of it but he doesn't get you know any special notoriety um but you know we know he's just one of the Another one of the guys. Um, Mike's brother, Keith, of course, Keith Behrend, um, He's very generous uh, with the things he comes up with and donates for our golf outing. Um, just another unsung, another unsung guy on our team. Certainly, I think without Pelotonia, we
5: wouldn't be as close. That's, I think, for sure. Because there are friends that I have that are not in Pelotonia that I don't see as often. But these guys, you spend hours and hours training. Riding, you know, we have talk about <laughs> everything for hours and hours and hours, so we know a lot about one another. So that's easy to pick on somebody. One, but there's also, you know, there's a underlying little bit of competition. You know, there's hey, there's a hill coming up, or there's this or whatever. We're always comparing notes on what you do this time. What you know, what are you doing? And just training-wise, trying to. Trying to you know somebody oh somebody bought something new for their bike or they've got new wheels you know new frame or they got a new bike or they got a new bike yeah so so our equipment has improved over the years and from that first year what we were riding and what we were wearing um, it's we I think we can call ourselves cyclists now
3: the thing about bikers and just our group and then the other people that we meet um, there's something about bike riders that um, they they get when you're out riding and you're not feeling quite, where uh, one of your friends will pull a draft for you, um, and some days they're pulling a draft a long time compared to the amount of time that I'm pulling a draft. So you you pick up on that, and then there's other days where you got to pick up the snap the slack. Um, but I would compare that to um, I like the people that bike. Um, I used to golf a lot more, and I I like golf. But you don't have that sort of uh, camaraderie in golf that you do in bike riding, where you help each other out. And um, it's something that, it's not just the bike riding, Um, you're helping each other out.
2: One of the members of Bo's Tire Barn is a cycling prodigy. His name is Zach Behrend, and he's been participating since 2014 when he first started riding at 14 years old. Zach has become an absolutely dynamic cyclist. And although Pelotani is a ride and not a race, he finishes every year within the first 10 riders. It's absolutely incredible that he's been able to cultivate a love for cycling alongside his dad and his uncle and his brothers and sisters. And he's raised over $37,000 for cancer research.
3: So Zach, um, I I sent him an email. uh, Let's see, it's five, six years ago. So the first year I never saw Zach. Uh, I don't know what, what he did. Maybe he did 20 miles with his dad and his dad finished the second year. I had a hard time. Like he was like near me and I like, I was having a hard time keeping up with him the third year. I mean, forget it. I, he was one of the fastest things I'd ever seen on a bike. Um, and then he's just taken off from there. So yeah, he's a competitive cyclist now for, uh, uh, he was on the Southeast United States, uh, under 18, uh, team. Uh, he competed for that group uh in Canada at a big uh tour event last uh late last summer so um yeah he's incredible um it's fun um i've been over to see watch him do a cycle cross uh race uh through the woods and the in hey, dirt and view yeah, we we saw him at that, that what is that race that uh, it's a criterium or something
5: mm-hmm. yeah he did that race and the uh, but yeah, he's he just it's just, just- oh, he, yeah,
4: oh, yeah. He, and it was it was uh, literally three or four days after he got his wisdom teeth out, <laughs> and we're like, "What, what are you doing?" Yeah. And it was amazing.
2: Can you talk maybe more about how some of your other kids or other kids on the team have gotten involved with Pelotonia? Your kids, Scott, come to mind.
4: Uh, yeah, so my daughter is a uh, she's a junior currently at OSU in retail, um, and last year she. I told her, look, you need to get an internship. You can't uh, just work at the local pizza shop. You need to do something that uh, helps pers- help you pursue your career in uh, fashion and retail. So um, I couldn't get her on an express. I don't I don't know why um, I didn't have enough poll there, I guess. Um, but then there was a, a conversation about an opportunity at the Pelotonia office and their marketing and merchandising. Uh, and she uh, got accepted, had. Uh, what I would say would be just a fantastic experience working there last year and just learning so much, not just from uh, you know t-shirts, hats, buying the right quantities, what's the ticket, how do you merchandise this on the website, what space do you use in the retail shop that you had in your uh, office, but it was really about the nonprofit piece and just the community and the organization and how much Pelotonia means to. Um, central Ohio and and Ohio and and the nation quite honestly Um, so she is gonna ride this year on Team Express um, but she is she is all in uh, for sure
1: hey you know speaking of Scott and Express and pull um, Scott leads the Express team Uh, so you've got a tremendous amount of funds next to your name Scott
4: uh, yeah. It's, yeah. So, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone and, you know, we started this in 20, 2009 and then 2012 express started a Peloton with Becca kissed. Uh, she was kind of a leader and she came up to me and said, Hey, can you, can you help me? And I said, I can help. You know, I, I kind of asked these guys for some advice. I said, you know, I work there, you know, it's, it's been, uh, I've been there 20 years and uh, I was like, you know, what do I do? I wanna be on Bose. And these guys were like, look, you can support Express and still be on Bose. Um, So that's what I did for the first four years. And then lo and behold, you know, an opportunity came for me to lead Express uh, two years ago. So yeah, being the captain and being put in that position to lead a group of, uh, you know, there's about 120 people that join riding, volunteering, or uh, virtual riding has been quite an experience. And I get up in front of the company, and, and push the passion project that I have and see so many people um, really take hold it's it's been uh, quite an experience and to your point Sean you know we've express has been uh, involved since 2012 so we've we've uh, raised 1.6 million dollars
5: my mother and father-in-law Dan and cecilia Carmichael they've been the uh, the Carmichael Foundation that was helping to match some of our funds early on mm-hmm. and have continued throughout Um, you know, the 10 plus years we've been doing this, they lived uh, half the year in Florida. And my mother-in-law had uh, breast cancer, was um, treated at at the Mayo. And so they've become very close with the Mayo Clinic and made donations there as well. But but the Mayo knows about Pelotonia. (laughs) And they were asking them, like, what is this? How did they do this? They are trying to figure out, like, how did this come about? And they were like, "Well, I don't know. You can talk to my son-in-law <laughs> about it." And uh, it's like, "Well, no. You have to come experience. I don't think it's something that if you're not familiar with it, you have to come here and see how it's how it's happened." But you know, Tom Lennox for sure, and uh, you know, Dr. Kalajiri, I think spearheaded that originally, that really created the atmosphere that everyone that still exists today, and then they've just grown on it. And uh, now with Doug in charge. I mean, he's, he's awesome. I mean, he's been very supportive of Bose, and oh, yeah. I mean, we see him at different places like, Hey, you know, I mean, he, I don't know how he remembers everybody, but he does it's uh, but it's great.
1: There's a lot of guys on Bose that, uh, swore they would never jump on a bike. Um, and now they are diehards and,
3: uh, and I think they're a lot healthier as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our community. Oh, it's, um, when you look at the Columbus community. Um, It's absolutely incredible. I mean, look how much money Peloton has raised. So it went from ten thousand
5: that first year, struggling to make ten, to the last couple years we've made.
3: It's like two hundred thousand last year, so last right? Last year we went over two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. So it's one million three hundred thousand for the ten years. But yeah, <laughs> that that first
5: year, though, as he mentioned, it was one of these. We thought, oh, we'll do this, and. You're you're five miles in or very early on, and you realize this is so much more than a bike ride.
4: Yeah, we, you know, outside of riding, you know, May or April through August or September, you know, we have grown close. You know, the four of us, we spent a lot of time together in the saddle, as Davis said. But you know, we we try to get together our families, our wives in February, whenever that is, uh, have a dinner, have a lot of laughs. I mean, we went to Michigan uh, with Mike Barron and and uh, Keith, and had great times there riding. Uh, we've been to Colorado a couple of times. We we're at Cape uh, last year, so we've really just—it's it, now part of us, and you know, it—it's brought us together as a family, and that's how I kind of think of these guys right now. I want to add to just from a support standpoint. Uh, it's not just these little towns, but our, I know our wives, our family have, have given us time, allowed us to train, but then they have also, uh, you know, at the top of Reynolds Hill now, it's it's Dave's, it's our wives, some of our kids, uh, Dave's parents are there, and it's just, it it is infused, it's now in the fabric of our family, it, you know, and it's an event. Again, don't schedule anything the first week of August, but, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our wives, allow, uh, literally allowing us to go off on this crazy journey that uh, I thought you know, uh, was probably the dumbest thing I'd ever wanted to do, ride a, a hundred miles and then 180 is just-
2: Well, we're grateful for them and for you guys. So thank you so much for spending time with us today and for everything you've done.
4: Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank
5: you.
2: In 2017, there was one member missing from the Bose Tire Barn Peloton. Scott wasn't riding that year. In fact, he was in the stands cheering on his son, Michael, who ceremoniously rode in his place through the final stretch of the ride. A few months earlier, Scott's life took a sudden and life-threatening turn, and he later learned how training for Pelotonia likely saved his life. After that initial interview, Scott and his son stopped by the studio and detailed how that moment brought them and their Peloton closer than ever before.
4: 2017, I was training um, for the ride, and, and then uh, I was off that week at work, and Michael, which we we rarely do, we said, hey, let's sit down this week. He wanted to watch Band of Brothers, so finally Wednesday, I was going to chill out, and um, I ran a couple errands in the morning, no big deal, and then uh, around one, 1 o'clock, we finally started the episode. And uh, I think it was like 1.30, 1.35. Uh, I was sitting on the couch. He was, he was on the sofa uh, next to me. And I threw my glasses down watching the show. And that was the last thing I remember. I don't remember anything until the following day, which would have been the 29th of June, around 4 o'clock, is when I woke up.
6: Well, it freaked me out, of course. But the first thing that came to my mind was like, I need a phone because you got to call the cops, basically. The paramedic there told me just to put him on the ground. And I think I remember trying to like pull him on the ground, and he was too heavy, so I basically dropped him. And I was like, oh, sorry, Dad, but you couldn't hear me. No, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. And then uh, they told me, like, you know, count to four, and as you do four, you're going to do compressions. And I was like, okay.
4: The ironic thing about it was, was my wife and I were having a conversation about getting rid of our landline. That's what he used to call 911, which... Uh, when you use a landline, obviously they know where you're calling from immediately. So, you know, it saved seconds, if not
6: minutes. People that were there that responded to the call, they thought that he was gone too the moment they walked
4: in. And so I think just to see it come out is like cool. So I told you my right coronary is 100% blocked, but the left descending has created these uh, ancillary arteries and pathways to make the right side of my heart work because I am fit and because I was cycling so much. While my heart and the arteries, there's issues, it also probably saved my life as well. There's probably divine intervention. Obviously, you know, the day before I rode 90 miles, but I rode 90 miles by myself. Like I I went out to Blackhand Gorge and uh, back anywhere along that route. You know, honestly, any any other situation where help wasn't readily available, and the reaction wasn't within, I don't know, Michael. What do you what do you say? Probably I was uh, on the AED within five minutes, and I mean he administered CPR within two minutes. So that's those circumstances where I was with him. Again, there was divine intervention on why I'm sitting here. I have to believe that. And this was actually before. It probably was um, a couple weeks before we talked about uh, Michael uh, riding in the event in some form or fashion. And
6: and so they're pulling me in front and they were like, yeah, you know, just watch out for this gravel here. And here's where I learned, like, you know, you got to yell gravel and all the ins and outs to biking in a group. And so we go around, we're probably around New Albany Square, I'd say. So around the police department, and they're like, "All right, yeah, you can go in front." So then I'm in front of them, and we go down, and it's like everybody's like cheering and everything, and it's like me at the forefront with all the dads behind me, basically. And I think I'd say that's a pretty cool moment of itself, is to like be there and be on the other side because before then all the other years I was on the other sidelines watching and it was almost strange to like be in that position
4: like he had never been on the inside I've never been on the outside I had dark dark sunglasses on because I was welling up like again another proud moment two short months after a month and a half after uh, we went through this whole episode And, and we embraced it seemed like for like 20 minutes. Afterwards, I was just so, so proud of, you know, once again, um, participating, uh, and kind of finishing this ceremonial ride. Uh, it was, it was a great moment for, uh, myself, our family, the Bose team. Uh, it was, it was great. It was, it was, uh, I couldn't have been prouder.
2: This episode about Bose Tire Barn is so much more than just a peloton and a group of people that come together to ride once a year. This group has truly become a family, and their families have become family, and they're a group that all year round, they spend their time talking and training and supporting each other, and we're so grateful for Bose Tire Barn for believing in pelotonia since day one, and we look forward to celebrating them for every ride from here on out. We want to say thank you to our major funding partners who make everything in the Palatania world possible. So thank you to the Alburns Foundation, Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santoli. Our community is capable of great things when they come together, whether it's for training or for fundraising. There's really no end to what building community looks like. Uh, and our friends from Bose Tire Barnes certainly expressed that through their episode and the way that they described how their team was formed. So, at the end of this episode and at every podcast, we're excited to share a really fun highlight of what we've seen happening in the community. Um, so in the vein of building community and bringing people together, Olivia, who's our ride community coordinator, is going to share a little bit about an event that happens in our community that brings people together
0: in a really fun way. So we talk about bringing people together a lot, Jill, and we had this pleasure of meeting our friend Barry Chandler, who moved to Columbus from Ireland, pretty far move, and he saw these green arrows around town and he wasn't sure what this was, but he was looking for a community to be a part of. He Didn't have a lot of friends yet. He was just getting to know the area. But what better way to get involved than to find out what these arrows were and ultimately join us for his first ride. And he started to do something really creative with his fundraising efforts. So he brought his talents from Ireland to incorporate whiskey tastings. And he's not just good at drinking whiskey. He's good at talking
2: about whiskey and singing songs, about singing whiskey. songs about whiskey, really giving this whole, you
0: know, Irishman experience. Uh, it's a ton of fun. He has friends and family that will book him for these events. Now, corporate people have heard about these events and want him to come in. So yeah. he's really started to spread his talents. All and around there's, the- yeah, absolutely. So that's a donation
2: per person, right? Yes. And everybody gets a couple. He comes with his own glasses, and he brings whiskey and um, yeah, presentation, you, whole, music. Yes, it's it's a it's a really fun time. You learn about Ireland. Uh, you learn about how whiskey's made, um, and you get to have
0: fun with the people around you. Yeah, and one other fun fact about Barry, mm-hmm. he actually met his wife through one of his whiskey tastings. Really? Yes,
2: man. So. We can say that Pelotonia and whiskey brought them together, right? I think so. I think we can take credit for that. Let's do it. (laughs) Awesome. And Barry uh, was able to raise enough money through his whiskey tastings to become a high roller, uh, which means you commit to raise $5,000, which is just amazing. And he brought a lot of people together in the process, which is what we are all about. Absolutely. So thanks so much for sharing, Olivia. Let's keep listening for a preview of our next
0: episode. There's no way I can ever share my story with every young survivor in the world, right? Like I can never sit down and have coffee for an hour with everybody. But if I was gonna sit down and share my story with these other young survivors, what would I tell them? How has this cancer impacted my life? And um, how can I provide some hope for these people maybe going through something really similar now um, that this isn't the end, that for me, this was a beginning.
2: You've been listening to One Goal, a
0: podcast from
2: Pelotonia. Hosted by me, Ride Community Manager Jill Londino, with interview production and scheduling by Marketing Communications Manager Emily Smith. Produced, mixed, and sound designed at the studios of Westler Media by Vince Tornero. Additional mastering by Joey Garwin at Orangeudio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being so open and willing to share their stories. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, as that will help others hear these empowering stories. If you're curious about joining the Pelotonia community and making an impact on cancer research, please see the link in the episode notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.